Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today after two local shootings in just the past week, Findlay Police are spotlighting the Citizen Connect program to keep the community safe and secure. We'll learn more. Also this morning, speaking of keeping the community safe, the Red Cross will once again be distributing free smoke alarms and offering fire safety advice to households in the city later this month. We'll get the details. And while we're getting outside more to enjoy the warm weather and sunshine, don't forget to protect your skin. We have everything you need to know about sunscreen and moisturizers. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, April 13th, 2023. So if you've been following the story about uh, uh, Anheuser-Busch, the uh, uh, big brouhaha over Bud Light. Uh, So Anheuser-Busch has lost, apparently now, $5 billion in market value since it launched this new marketing campaign featuring transgender social media influencer Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, the whole thing started when they rolled out this special can with Dylan Mulvaney's uh, image. Uh, and it's part of a, uh, I don't know, a partnership, a promotion, I don't know. Anyway, this is a new marketing campaign. And uh, no sooner did they roll that out than Kid Rock protested the uh, inclusionary nature, <laughs> I guess we should say, of those uh of those cans by shooting up some cans of bud light with an assault rifle and posting the video on uh, social media uh country singer travis tritt added to the backlash declaring he was banning the beer from his touring crew he's not going to have any more bud light on tour uh some conservatives calling for a boycott of bud light which is the best-selling beer in the united states but the company um is I guess starting to feel it. Lost $5 billion in market value. You can make of that what you will. Some people will say, good, they deserve it. Others will say, oh, that's just terrible. Whatever side of that you come down on. But uh, kind of interesting, the uh, fallout on that. Um, How stressed out are you? This is kind of interesting. Among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. How stressed out are you right about now? Uh, you really don't have to say anything to demonstrate how stressed out you are. Uh, all you have to do is type a new model, a stress analysis model created by a company in Zurich, uh, aims to detect stress by examining how people type on their computer keyboards and use their mouse. The way that you type, the way that you use your mouse will indicate how stressed out you are. For example, uh, erratic mouse movements and more typos will indicate stress. That's what they say. Or it just uh, indicates you don't know how to spell. I'm not sure. But they say, no, it's a uh, sign of stress. The uh, model also found that stressed office workers tend to write in bursts in between many brief pauses. So you take a pause, you type out a lot of stuff, then you take a pause, and you type out a lot of stuff. That's a sign of stress, apparently. Uh, Relaxed workers, on the other hand, tend to take fewer pauses, but when they did, their breaks were longer. So, again, make of that what you will, but an interesting story nonetheless. Uh, What else is going on here? Just kind of perusing the newswire for some of those uh, interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. The uh, fire in Richmond, Indiana, at that recycling facility, continues to burn. We were talking about this yesterday, and did you see the images from that? It's uh, just over the Ohio border into Indiana, um, not far from Dayton, and uh, it's on I-70, uh, past Dayton, cross the uh, state line, you get to Richmond, and uh, this recycling facility, huge, huge fire, massive fire at this recycling facility that uh, was billowing black smoke. I mean, the blackest smoke I think I have ever seen. And I'm watching the video, and I'm thinking, well, that can't be healthy. It was There was so much smoke 
the, uh, the smoke was billowing so thick that it was actually being picked up on radar as if it were a storm system and not just not just rain. I mean, people in uh, Northwest Ohio are familiar with uh, the mayfly season, you know, when the mayflies come and uh, they show up on the, the swarms of mayflies show up on radar, uh, but it shows up as, as kind of little blue and green splotches as if it were light rain. No, this smoke cloud from this recycling facility fire in Richmond was so thick, so heavy that it was being picked up as literal storms on the uh, on the radar. I mean, it was yellow and red. I mean, it was the kind of uh, radar return that you usually see with a thunderstorm. It was that that thick. Uh, so the fire is still burning, but apparently uh, it is not quite as big because I was looking at the radar screen just a little while ago, and uh, the smoke is no longer on the radar. So at least there is good news there. But man, that was just... Crazy. If you haven't seen the video, go and watch it. It's just jaw-dropping. Um, speaking of, uh, you mentioned the mayflies and the radar and so on. This actually is kind of interesting. The bugs are going to be back. This is the only downside of this time of year when we get the return of sunny, warm weather in the spring and summer. We get the bugs back. And uh, according to... A new study by the Ohio State University. In the future, in the not-too-distant future, mosquito season may be all year round. It's one of the few things we like about winter is those little bloodsuckers go away. But, and we don't have to worry about mosquitoes. But, according to this study, mosquitoes are waking up sooner from their winter slumber, which could be a major health issue Because they carry diseases like the West Nile virus. And, of course, uh, they're very dangerous for our pets, too. Uh, The reason for the early wake-up of the uh, mosquitoes, they say, is the nonstop use of artificial light in modern society. This study from Ohio State, researchers find the lights that we use every day in our homes and our cities are disrupting the cycles of mosquitoes and uh, the behavior of these little bloodsuckers. The changes suggest that mosquitoes might not survive to winter if they are still active, but also implies that they are biting much longer into the fall. So the long and short of it is, according to this study... Mosquito uh, mosquito season might be here to stay year-round in the not-too-distant future. And it's all because we're lighting up our cities, lighting up our homes, lighting up our towns. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the, the, the problem with that is, is there anything we can really do about it? I mean, we're not going to uh, throw ourselves into the dark. Although, if we were going to throw ourselves into the dark, a complete blackout. I can think of a lot of worse reasons to do that. You know what I mean? I mean, it might be worth it to get rid of the mosquitoes. Um, Speaking of scientific research, I thought this was kind of interesting. Um, This is also the time of year when a lot of people uh, reinvigorate their diet plans, right? Because we're coming into the spring and summer season and you know, it's bathing suit season where you want to look our best at the beach and you know all of that. We're showing off more skin this time of year. Um, at least one uh, trendy fasting diet, the uh, intermittent fasting diet, time-restricted eating, it's sometimes called. Apparently, there is a new health warning with this. It could trigger problems for couples looking to conceive a child. A study by researchers has found on the uh, they they were studying the reproductive processes of zebrafish <laughs> and and discovered that there was a negative effect on the reproductive quality for both genders um that uh let's say there's a Uh, Researchers uh, focused on the reproductive processes of zebrafish and discovered that there was a negative effect on reproductive quality 
of both genders after the fish returned to normal eating. After the diet, females saw an increased uh, an increase in the number of offspring they produced, but saw a drop in egg and offspring quality. For the male, um, there was a decrease in quality. Um, scientists commonly use zebrafish as a comparative tool for humans because apparently the two species are actually very similar on a genetic level. Who knew that we were just a <laughs> chromosome away from a zebrafish? I apparently. Um, but that's interesting. So the long and short of it is intermittent fasting may be uh, harming our reproductive health. Uh, if you if you wanted an excuse to ditch your intermittent fasting diet, there you have it. Unless, of course, you don't want kids. <laughs> In which case, maybe you take up that diet. Maybe that's the um, And finally, among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, a st- uh, student at West Geauga High School. Um, where is West Geauga? school in Ohio. It's Geauga County, I would guess, right? Um, student is being hailed a hero after he reportedly found a bullet in the school's bathroom last week, which potentially saved lives and uh, maybe stopped another school shooting. Police say 18-year-old Brandon Morissette is facing several charges after they allegedly discovered plans that he had to harm multiple students. Apparently, uh, Mr. Morissette brought a gun and bullets to the school, but, I don't know, dropped one or one fell out of his backpack or something and the uh, in the bathroom of the school. Another student found it, called school administrators' attention to it, and they reacted appropriately. Uh, police later found three fully loaded magazines in Morissette's possession, the student who reported finding the bullet has since had a GoFundMe set up for him so that the community can pitch in and raise money for his future um, and reward him for, you know, as that they say, if you see something, say something. He did, and there are probably a number of his classmates that uh, have him, this young man, to thank for their very lives, quite literally, perhaps. Uh, which is so kudos to the young man for getting involved. I really like that story. And definitely worth pointing out. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Plenty of sunshine expected again today with a high of 80. Just a few clouds tonight. A low of 53. A man has been sentenced to prison for his role in a woman's overdose death. 50-year-old Todd Reisner of Fostoria pleaded guilty to drug charges and reckless homicide and was sentenced to five years behind bars. Police said Reisner provided the drugs that contributed to the death of 35-year-old Rachel Valenzuela of Fostoria in March of 2021. The Seneca County Drug Task Force says they'll continue working to hold drug dealers accountable for their part in this epidemic. Get more on this case on our website. Cleveland business owner Bernie Moreno has joined the race to unseat Ohio's Democratic U.S. Senator Sherrod Brown, becoming the second Republican candidate to challenge the three-term incumbent. Moreno also ran last year for the state's open U.S. Senate seat, but later dropped out. J.D. Vance defeated Tim Ryan in that race. Brown is 70 years old. He started his political career as a state rep in 1975. He was elected Ohio Secretary of State in 1982. Also challenging Sherrod Brown for his Senate seat is State Senator Matt Dolan of Chagrin Falls, whose family owns the Cleveland Guardians. I'm Tracy Townsend. Flag City Honor Flight's first flight of the year is on Tuesday when 85 veterans will be flown to Washington to visit the war memorials built in their honor. New Flag City Honor Flight President Steve Schultz says this is the first of four flights this year. We have 550 applications of veterans who are waiting to go on a flight to Washington, D.C. to see their memorial. And that's why they're offering four flights this year, the most ever in a single flight season. Learn more about Flag City Honor Flight and how you can help out with it on our website. The city of Finley is reminding people that tax day is coming up on Tuesday, April 18th. 
All people and businesses that are subject to the City of Finley income tax, as well as the Village of Arlington, Mount Corey, Van Lu, Cary, Mount Blanchard, or Genera income tax, are reminded to file their 2022 municipal income tax return. The City of Finley offers an online payment option when paying your tax bill. And two drop boxes are also available, one in the municipal building parking lot and the other in the lobby of the municipal building. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Well, it has certainly been an eventful week or so for local law enforcement after two shootings just in the course of a week or so. Finley Police uh, spotlighting is a good time to uh, spotlight the Citizen Connect program. Keep the community safe and secure. We are joined in the studio by Finley Police Chief uh, Robert Ring and Lieutenant Justin Hendren. And uh, thank you both for uh, dropping by this morning. Um, Chief, I want to start with uh, with you with, with respect to the uh, stories, the, the shootings that we've had uh, in, in the community. I mean, certainly I'm, I'm sure you've uh, seen the uh, some of the comments on social media and so on. People are saying, well, what are we turning into this uh, crime-ridden urban center? Any reason to believe that this is anything other than an anomaly, just a bad week? Yeah, um, both in both of these incidents, both of them, there was some backstory to it. It wasn't just a random act of violence. There mm-hmm. was uh, there was connections between the parties involved. Um, Finley has had shootings before. Sure. Um, they come and go. We 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 see all sorts of different crimes. Just luckily, we don't see them on the frequency of of some of your bigger cities. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in these two cases, it was definitely there was some backstory to it. We're in the process of getting those all sorted out and charges onto the folks that are responsible and, and go from there. we've been uh, really fortunate in that uh, both of them have been resolved in fairly short order. Yeah, right, we've well. been a lot of police, good police work from the beginning of the incident to, through to now, and um, we've been able to get them get them to where we know who the players are we just have to get them into the court system all of that uh, sorted out uh and as we said this uh seems like a a perfect time to highlight uh the citizen connect uh program which is uh still relatively new explain what that is yeah it's a program that maps um the incidents and cases that the police department responds to it integrates with our dispatch center and our report management system so it updates them in every 15 minutes so it's it's nearly real-time data nearly real-time uh data how uh, how does that all work then well users can log in if they want to create an account um they can do a free account and if they would like to receive alerts to any kind of uh, incidents or uh, crimes that occur in their their uh, neighborhood it'll automatically alert them or they can just search what's already there uh and i, I understand that this uh, replaces the community watch map uh that, that you had previously why is this better uh, it's just it, there's more analytics to it it's just uh it's better data and uh so how do people use this sign up and and that kind of thing you can go to the Finley Police Department's webpage, and there's a link to it. And then once you re- once you get to the Citizen Connect webpage, um, you can sign up for a free account. You just need an email address. So, uh, talk a little bit about uh, you know putting this. Like we said, this is still relatively new. Um, talk about the uh, process of of uh, integrating this or, or moving to this uh, model and how that all came about. For us, it was actually relatively easy. Um, it's per- it was purchased through Tyler Technology which most of our programs are already through. So it's just an analytic uh, package that we purchased, and that's one of the, the um, programs that came with the package. Um, so how, how do you envision uh, the, the public using this, or what is the uh, kind of lay this out for uh, members of the public to uh, understand why this is uh, important and beneficial? I think it just gives everybody the opportunity to get that real-time data. You can search around your neighborhood. You can search around your place of business. If you're looking to move to a neighborhood from another one and you want to kind of glance at what, what's the activity level in that in that portion of the city, it gives everyone that opportunity that they can easily go on, create that account, and then see that see that data. And, and what kind of uh, activity are we talking about that we'd be mapped on this? Is this uh, anything uh, that, that's going on? I mean down to traffic stops i mean you know what kind of data uh, yeah all calls for service and then any cases so a case is a police report 
um, the incidents are calls for service. And how much data uh, then is available on this? Is it just the basics or can people drill down to yeah, the it's, specifics? It's, it's, it's basic. It's date and time. Um, a general location. We don't give out exact locations. Yeah, because I was I was thinking there's uh, probably uh, privacy issues and yes. all kinds of things that uh, that would limit exactly how much data you can provide here. Correct. But uh, enough to give people an idea of what's going on uh, in their neighborhoods. Correct. Um, does this uh, do you did you envision this as as uh, helping to um, encourage people to uh report the things that they see or or can can this be viewed as some sort of a assistance for the public to to help law enforcement in uh investigating and and dealing with these issues yeah i think so if if they see an uptick in and say uh, car break-ins in their neighborhood you mm-hmm. know maybe they keep a little extra eye out or check their ring cameras things of that nature and how helpful is that? I mean, you mentioned, like, for example, the, the ring cameras, which are certainly uh, more common now. And there are stories in the news of, you know, uh, crimes being solved because of that. Yes, they can be immensely helpful. I mean, like you said, in this day and age, there's, there's cameras everywhere. Have you had uh, incidents like that where you've been able to, to use uh, information from citizens like that? Yeah, we've, we've had incidents where we've been able to solve it based on footage from security cameras i can't specifically say from a ring camera itself but yeah a lot of people have home surveillance systems nowadays yeah and um, it helps when we're able to pull them and we will canvas in certain crimes if it's big enough we will actually canvas all around that area looking for who's got cameras and whatnot and then try to get footage from them if they're willing to give it one of the uh, big changes over the years That's in terms been a huge change, yes. <laughs> of law enforcement. So, uh, again, the uh, Citizen Connect uh, program, uh, this uh, map, is available, I guess, the easiest way, and we've got the link up on our website, is uh, through the City of Finley's website, right? Correct. And uh, it's, uh, like you said, uh, updated in, in real time. And this is just for the city of Finlay, though, right? That, that's correct. Right. Just the Finlay Police Department. And uh, we've got, as I said, the uh, link up at our webpage. You can go to goodmornings.net to learn more. Again, uh, Finlay Police Chief uh, Robert Ring and Lieutenant Justin Hendren with us uh, this morning. Thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thanks for having Thank us. You. So earlier we were talking about the Citizen Connect program, the Finley Police Department keeping the community safe and secure. Speaking of keeping the community safe, the Red Cross is once again going to be distributing free smoke alarms, offering fire safety advice to households in the city later this month. And uh, Todd James, the North Central Ohio chapter of the American Red Cross, is with us in the studio once again. This is something you do uh, periodically, right? Uh, is it? Well, our home fire campaign goes on all the time. So sure. we do the installations on a regular basis when folks call us up and make an appointment. But mm-hmm. this is what we call Sound the Alarm. It's a big nationwide push for the Red Cross. Uh, every year about this time in spring, we set aside a couple of weeks and go out and do really large events like this. So, yeah, yeah we, uh, we enjoy doing this. And uh, you you do it in different uh, areas of the city uh, each year. How do you determine what is it just kind of at, at random? No, we uh, we work with, in this case, the Finley Fire Department. We chose Finley as uh, one of the communities for one of this year's events. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we sit down with the fire department and get their advice on where they think, you know, a vulnerable area, you know, where will this best help and, and maybe an at-risk neighborhood. Uh, so this year we've chosen a, a neighborhood. Uh, we're going to be up in the northwest part of the city up by Maple Grove Cemetery. So okay. from from West Main Cross up to Finley Street and then between uh, Durrell Street and uh, Western, we'll be covering that entire neighborhood in one day. Okay, so you, and you just knock on doors. We do. Well, actually, the fire department will go out a few days before the event and they'll put door hangers out so everybody knows we're coming. Mm-hmm. And then... We're going to show up that Saturday morning with our volunteers. We're partnering uh, with Marathon Petroleum and their Veterans Employees Network. So a lot of their folks will be joining us, Red Cross volunteers. And we need more volunteers from the community who want to help us install smoke alarms and teach families how to make home escape plans and be safe. Really can save a life. It can does. and has. It's proven. I mean, yeah, it's, we, yeah, we, you know, over the uh, the eight years of the life, we launched this back in 2014. So I guess going on nine years now. Um over across the country, we've installed over two and a half million free smoke alarms, mm. and we've documented well over 1,600 lives saved, including one right down the road in Arlington. And that's where, you know, we go through a very, very 
in-depth process that, you know, if, if we find out that there's been a fire in a home and we've installed one of those smoke alarms there and everybody got out safely, we go mm-hmm. back, we check all our paperwork, make sure that you, was the smoke alarm the reason you know you got out. Right. So that's why we call it documented life safe, because without a doubt, I'm sure there are many more we don't even know about. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, as you kind of alluded to, it's about more than just installing the smoke alarms. I mean, that's primarily yes. what you're, uh, you're going to do, um, but also the starting those conversations about staying safe yeah the whole process we're in we're in your house for about maybe 20 to 30 minutes while uh part of the team is doing the smoke alarm installation so we'll have the installer uh we'll check out your home and recommend where we think smoke alarms should go if you have smoke alarms already we'll check them for you um you know one of the things we run into a lot is people have smoke alarms and they put new batteries in them and they test them and they make a sound But honestly, they're so old that they wouldn't work when needed. And that's because inside the smoke alarms, what really is the important part here, there's a small filter, and that's what detects the smoke, triggers the alarm. Well, those degrade over time. And so, you know, it gets to a point where the filters aren't going to work anymore. The smoke alarm itself, though, still will. So if you put a battery in it and you press the tester button, Mm -hmm. it'll still make a sound. And so we've taken out so many... 10, 15, 20, 25 year old smoke alarms yeah. that people thought were, were still working, working yeah. and they weren't. I, I I've mentioned this we mentioned this on the on the program before um you know if you move into a new home uh, probably the best uh, idea, just get rid of all of them and replace them all. That's exactly. Because you don't know how long they've been there. That's exactly and, right. And we're putting up a 10-year alarm. This is a lithium-ion battery-powered unit. It's a solid smoke alarm. You don't, you can't open it. You don't have to change the battery. You do want to test it a couple times a year, as mm-hmm. recommended. Yeah. But once we put it up there for you, it's up there for the next 10 years. So the installers recommend where we should put those up, and we'll take down any old ones, except uh, we don't do hardwired. If you have hardwired alarms, mm-hmm. we might recommend you might want to change them out but we're not going to mess with electricity yeah um but we'll put up the alarms uh, as many that you could tell- cause a fire yeah exactly uh, <laughs> you know so- that would defeat the purpose <laughs> so the installers put the alarms up and while they're doing that uh we have uh one of the teams we call them the educators are working with the family because another part of getting out of your home safely once that smoke alarm goes off is having a good family escape plan right so we talk about that and we leave you the materials we start working with you to figure out hey let's draw kind of a diagram of your house and you know, what are two ways out of every room? And if you don't have two ways out of every room or you're on a second floor, how are you going to deal with that if they're, you know, yeah. you have a fire and your one way gets cut off, you need to know how is everybody going to yeah. safely get out of the house? Because having the uh, advance notice is only part of the equation. If yes. you don't know how to get out, uh, then, you know, the alarm can only do so much. That's right. So, and yeah. we'll also leave some information behind on other disasters and how to prepare for them. You know, this time of year, we'll leave information looking at flooding and tornadoes, things, you know, seasonally right. that we might be facing soon. Sure. So we need volunteers to help us with that. If you want to be an installer, if you're comfortable using a drill, that's great. But you don't have to touch a drill. You can just be one of the educators or a documenter because, you know, every house we go into and we do this, we also have to keep good records of it um, because we have national sponsors who make this program possible. There's no cost to these alarms for anybody. There's no income requirements. It's a free program for everybody who needs smoke alarms, and we like to be able to show our donors, hey, this is what we've been able to do with what you, you know, the money you supplied to get these alarms and make this happen. So you could be a documenter and fill out the paperwork while somebody's helping the family with their home escape plan, and the other folks are putting up the smoke alarms. 20 minutes later, we're on to the next house and saving more lives. So, again, the date is Saturday, April 29th. Uh, Folks can sign up to volunteer, and if you are in that neighborhood, uh, be aware that uh, folks in the Red Cross are going to be out and about uh, to uh, install those smoke alarms and and maybe help save a life. And this also, uh, I guess, uh, offers the opportunity to remind everyone about all of these same things, even if the Red Cross is not knocking on your door, this is a good time to uh, start thinking about this. Yeah, you can call our office anytime, 419-422-9322, and let us know that you are interested in smoke alarms, having us come out and do a check and install them if needed. We'll make an appointment for our volunteers, and we need volunteers to do this on a regular basis. It's an, it's an easy volunteer opportunity because you're really putting in a couple of hours a month maybe. Uh, you'll go out, we'll, we get make appointments, and We'll give you all the tools, the resources you need, and then you go out a couple hours a month and and go to a few homes to install some smoke alarms. 
and you've saved some lives. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty easy gig, and it's uh, really, really one of those, if you want to know you've made a difference right away by volunteering, yeah. this is a way to do it. And uh, by the way, uh, not only you mentioned that folks, uh, if they uh, are interested in having those installed to, yeah. to give you a go, you also have a lot of uh, good information about those escape plans and, oh. and all of those things. Yeah, so again, if all you're of it. a little uh, unsure about what that is plan should look like we will we will help you make your escape plan and and make sure you're prepared for whatever may come your way uh where do folks get uh, more information on if you uh, head to our website redcross.org slash nc ohio um that's easy to find us call our office 422-9322 we're all over social media uh we're part of the northern ohio region so look for red cross northern ohio you'll find us uh, all the different dates and the links for volunteering and signing up to to get smoke alarms uh, all of that is on there or just call us again call our office anytime 422 Nine three two two, and uh, of course we'll we'll sit down and talk with you and make sure that you are taken care of. Todd James, the North Central Ohio chapter of the American Red Cross. Uh, those smoke alarms coming in. Which neighborhood again, real quick? Uh, it's going to be up, in the, up near the uh, Maple Grove Cemetery. Okay. So we're going to be up around that that northwest area over there. So Here in a couple of weeks. Saturday, yeah. April 29th is the date. Todd, thanks very much for dropping by. We Thank appreciate you. it. Information that makes a difference. Good mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. 25 paintings displayed as works created by the late Jean-Michel, Jean-Michel Basquiat. 25 paintings displayed as works uh, by Basquiat. Were, turns out were actually created by an auctioneer from California. <laughs> the reason why this story caught my eye and is worthy of the broken news is uh, what un... It was the undoing of the uh, forger here. Michael Barsman confessed to creating uh, some two dozen paintings that he later sold as authentic Basquiat's. During the investigation, the FBI discovered that one of the works contained a shipping label with uh, Barsman's name on it. (laughs) And uh, a typeface... That was used, uh, that that wasn't created prior to the artist's death in 1988. (laughs) And too modern of a typeface uh, on it. (laughs) Oops! (laughs) Those dumb little things um, that that he overlooked and was his undoing. Uh, Mr. Barsman... When confronted with the evidence, admitted the that he had worked with another person to create the works about ten years ago, and then exposed them to the elements to make them seem, make them appear old and aged. So went through all of this trouble and then was undone by using the wrong font. <laughs> uh, and he had he had gone through the uh, the trouble of uh, aging them and creating a false provenance. Uh, backstory for the uh, for the works was undone by a bad font. When asked why he did it, Mr. Barsman said he engaged in the scheme to pay his medical debts. So, I guess there's uh, good news. He faces up to five years in prison, but you go to prison, you get free health care. So, there is a happy ending. <laughs> um, this is kind of uh, odd, I thought. An officer, I mean, certainly... Wish him best uh, best wishes for a speedy recovery. An officer at uh, the Greenhaven Correctional Facility in Dutchess County, New York, is still off the job uh, after an inmate threw a dumbbell at him. So this is the uh, story. Apparently, it happened Saturday morning when the inmate was carrying a 25-pound dumbbell from the yard and threw it at the officer, chucked it at the officer. Um. He, he was able to react. He got his hand up so it didn't, like, hit him in the head. But it did uh, cause an injury to his hand and his fingers. Uh, the inmate... This... I, I am not a corrections expert, you know, so I, I am not an expert in, in this uh, sort of thing. But it does seem a little odd, and maybe not the best idea, to equip inmates with free weights you know a 25 pound free weight 
that could be dangerous. Maybe you don't want to supply free weights to the inmates. The 31-year-old prisoner was reportedly incarcerated for weapons possession. So, who couldn't have thought you would use a free weight as a weapon? Could have seen that coming, I think. Uh, Let's see. From the international file, the broken news. Now, this is weird. Authorities say German officials have seized a collection of cooked bats, cooked bats, and nearly a ton of unrefrigerated fish after police stopped a van that had entered Germany from neighboring Belgium. That must have smelled lovely. A ton of unrefrigerated fish and cooked bats. Federal police said a patrol on Monday stopped the vehicle at a highway exit on the edge of the border city of Aachen and found the bats under the fish. They called in an animal expert who ordered the bats and the fish confiscated. Police also seized the van, which was uninsured. They said uh, Wednesday that the 31-year-old driver uh, faced a criminal complaint for traffic offenses and unauthorized entry into the country because he came into the uh, came into Germany without papers and without a driver's license so. and with a ton of unrefrigerated fish and cooked bats Ugh. <clears throat> um speaking of international stories uh, talk about a real rebel <laughs> an 82 year old man in Japan was arrested for driving without a license. <laughs> 82 years old. He was driving without a license. He claims, <laughs> his excuse was, he had a license 60 years ago. <laughs> According to reports, the man was stopped by police for driving without wearing a seatbelt. That was the initial charge, but when officers asked for his license, he admitted he didn't have one. And that's when he dropped this little tidbit of information that his License was revoked. He said, my license was revoked around the time I was 20, and I just haven't bothered to get a new one. (laughs) Unsurprisingly, after uh, dispensing that little uh, tidbit of information, the man was immediately arrested. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I got my license suspended when I was 20. Just never bothered to get a new one. 82 years old. Uh, let's see. But nobody does weird like we do weird in this country. Um, Oscar Myers iconic wiener mobile is getting a makeover in Las Vegas and will be transformed into the wiener of love chapel. <laughs> I just love saying wiener of love. That's right. You can now tie the knot in a giant hot dog. The Wienermobile of Love will be parked next to the famous Little White Chapel and will offer free weddings to lucky couples who are first to sign up when uh, entries, actually entries opened earlier this week. And uh, the weddings will take place across two days, uh, April 14th or uh, 15th and 16th. So coming up this weekend, winning couples will enjoy a live Wiener Whistle, uh, a live Wiener Whistle quarter, a Wiener Cake, Lots of photo ops and a pun-filled ceremony officiated by Oscar Mayer's crew, the Hot Doggers. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if you want a memorable wedding, that's it. You'd be hard-pressed to do any, any better than that in the memorable department. A wiener of love. <laughs> and finally... In the broken news this morning, this may be the most bizarre news story of the day. Man in Naples, Florida, caught on camera doing number two in the bushes outside of a cleaning company. The surveillance footage captured the whole ordeal, which went down on Good Friday, actually, which is this past Friday. Um, And it was next to the trash dumpster of the cleaning company, Ironically, the dumpster had a sign that read no public dumping. And here was this guy taking a dump uh, right there. Um, 
Rhonda McCaw, the office manager of Naples Glass Cleaning, watched the whole thing unfold on the security camera before alerting a co-worker who ran out to confront the man, but he took off. Um, the county sheriff's office responded to the incident, but was unable to apprehend the defecating delinquent. So apparently there's still somebody on the loose out there who's uh, dropping trowel. just in random. And uh, <laughs> the, uh, the woman who saw the office manager, uh, Rhonda uh, McCall, uh, pointed out that there are a bunch of businesses right there in the uh, area Every one of them has a restroom, and he could have asked anyone, but decided to just relieve himself there in the dumpster. Nobody does weird like we do weird in this country. There you go. Uh, that is today's broken news report. Update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. And yet another major brand just announced is halting all social media advertising. The two most overused and abused words in advertising are truth and trust. They are the two most precious commodities for all brands, big and small. As an advertiser, you have to trust your partners to protect your brand's truth using the media consumer's trust. Radio, it's on. This message provided by WFIN. Let's get to your daily download here this morning. The numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. You've often heard the old saying that you never get a second chance to make a first impression, right? And it is very true. The average first impression is made in just 27 seconds. Um, that is the the data here. It says 27 seconds. You have 27 seconds less than a half a minute to make they a good first impression on somebody that you've just met, maybe a prospective employer, a prospective client. You know, this is good to know. One third of people say that they have made their mind up about a person in under 10 seconds. So 27 seconds is the average, but for one out of three people, you've got just 10 seconds to make a good first impression. So, what helps? What can help you make that good first impression? A friendly smile, uh, good manners, and eye contact listed as the top three ways to make your mark. Uh, 2,000 respondents to this uh, survey, and I'm not sure who commissioned this survey. I, I, usually I have that, but I don't in this story. It just says 2,000 uh, respondents of a recent survey. 29% said arriving on time is one of the top ways to make a good impression, which certainly makes sense. I mean, you're not going to get 10 seconds to make a good impression if you are an hour late. You know, it's just... Um, if you are meeting someone new and want to put your best foot forward, 44% believe a good night's sleep and fresh breath can help you feel more confident in doing so. Uh, and during the meeting... Make a good impression by nodding at appropriate times. Not nodding off, nodding at appropriate times. Smiling, asking asking questions. And I would probably expand on that say, ask pertinent questions. Don't just ask questions. Ask pertinent questions. Insightful questions. And uh, again, being on time. Those are the, uh, the things that you can do. So things to... Uh, Ways to make a good impression, according to a, a new survey. Isn't that amazing? Ten seconds for one in three people. Ten seconds uh, will tell someone all they need to know about you. So be prepared and be on time. Well, of course, every year we hear about countless new trends and products promising to solve your skincare woes, but you ask the experts and they'll tell you the most important step to protecting your skin is SPF. It's kind of like the same thing with, with diet fads and diet trends. For everything that's out there, 
the experts will tell you that watching what you eat and exercising is what it boils down to. And this is kind of the same thing. Joining us this morning, Dr. Caroline Robinson, a dermatologist with the importance of SPF and uh, what to consider when choosing sunscreens and moisturizers. And Dr. Robinson, that's maybe one of the first things that we need to mention. Obviously, sunscreen is the first thing that comes to mind when we're talking SPF, but that also encompasses moisturizers as well, right? Yes, absolutely. And you you had some great nuggets there. Like, first of all, that diet fat analogy. Yeah, yeah. it's the same <laughs> thing. It's the same thing. Every time someone asks me, you know, how can I prevent dark spots? Sunscreen. How can I prevent wrinkles? Sunscreen. How can I prevent skin cancer? Sunscreen. Yeah. So uh, SPF is the uh, is the scientific term. What is that? What is the right number? What should we be looking for when choosing a sunscreen and or a moisturizer? Right. Yeah. So SPF stands for sun protective factor. So that's going to give you an indication of how protected you are from UVB rays. Those are the burning rays. So how likely you are to burn. And um, so the higher the number, generally speaking, the more protection. However, the American Academy of Dermatology recommends an SPF of 30. And we know that when we get into the like hundreds and things, the, the actual, you know, difference in protection is very minuscule. So I recommend an SPF 30 um, or 50 and that you apply this uh, daily and reapply every two hours. Really important point here with those higher SPFs, that doesn't mean that they're going to last longer uh, as well. You mentioned that there's only a limited about amount of added protection once you get past about 50, uh, 30 to 50. Uh, but that also doesn't mean that the protection is going to last longer, right? Right, exactly. I think that there's a lot of misconceptions surrounding that. And then, you know, people are falsely protected. So right. you should still follow the guidelines of reapplying your sunscreen. So great point there. So uh, what are those guidelines? How do we make sure that we are getting the maximum protection when we are applying? And how often should we reapply? Kind of take us through all the basics here. Yeah, so you um, should reapply every two hours. And um, first of all, you should know how much you're applying, as you mentioned. And that is approximately half a teaspoon for your face and neck and approximately a shot glass for your body. Hmm. And so most people don't, don't really know what that is. So I encourage my patients to measure it out at least once so you can have an idea of like how much it actually is. It's more than you would think. Yeah. And um, you need need to, yeah, you need to make sure you're applying that amount. Otherwise, the SPF protection that you're getting is not what's listed on the bottle if if you're not applying that. And um, yeah, and so uh, reapplying every uh, every two hours, it's important that you're also looking for the right parameters on your sunscreen. So in addition to the SPF, it should say that it's broad spectrum, which means that you'll be protected against both UVA and UVB rays because we do need protection against both. And um, there's some other considerations, like if you have sensitive skin, you uh, should look for a sunscreen that's a mineral-based sunscreen because that is going to be less likely to cause any irritation or, um, you know, a sensitivity when you apply it. So I, I like to recommend, you know, I'm seeing a lot of patients with inflammatory skin conditions or, you know, problematic skin. And I tend to recommend mineral sunscreens because they are better tolerated by most skin types. And one of the issues, though, that people run into with the mineral sunscreens is that they don't quite blend into the skin that great. And th- that's why I'm, I'm actually loving this Olay Regenerous Mineral Sunscreen Moisturizer, which is a sunscreen and a moisturizer like we were touching on earlier. It's SPF 30, and it actually contains zinc oxide, which is 
a 100% mineral sunscreen active. So that's going to give you broad spectrum protection, but it's also going to blend in, you know, so it's going to blend in and disappear in evenly into all skin tone. That was actually one of the other things I was going to ask. What are some of the other things besides SPF that we want to look for? So uh, we, we cover that. A couple of other things that, that are important, I think, to uh, point out. Number one, this is not just for the days when you're going to the beach or you're going to be laying out by the pool this needs to be an everyday part of your routine especially well year round but especially this time of year uh when we have so much more sun exposure right i think most people think oh sunscreen and they they envision a beach but it should be on your like your morning uh, counter next to your toothbrush. This should be daily because we're getting small levels of sun ray and sun, sun exposure on a daily basis when we're running simple errands, when we're sitting indoors next to the window, and all of that accumulates over time to lead to those skin changes that we are pointing out. So, yeah, yeah great yeah. point. We need that daily and it is uh the cumulative effects of the sun so uh that is why it is so important and with that at what point uh do you put this uh in your uh, skincare routine because i know for a lot of women you know you have uh makeup and uh and uh, concealer and you know all of these other things uh how does the the sunscreen work in that is it sunscreen first and then the the makeup or the other way around how does that work yeah, it, it can get a little confusing, right? But generally we say sunscreen should be your last layer because okay. we really don't want, we want that um, sunscreen to be even, uh, evenly dispersed, you know, distributed across your skin and we don't want to move it after that. Um, so apply it as your last layer. And if you absolutely okay. have to apply a little touch of makeup over it, just make sure that you are letting the sunscreen dry down and that you're not using any sort of makeup with oils that can break up uh, those sunscreen particles and make you less protected. All very good, important information as we come into the season of sun. Dermatologist Dr. Caroline Robinson with us this morning. Where do we get more information? Thank you. Yeah, you can visit Olay.com and you can learn more about sun-safe skincare there. Dr. Robinson, thanks very much for the update. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And with that, we finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. That, of course, is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow to finish up the week, Findlay's Gary Harpst. You know him as the founder of Solomon Software and Six Disciplines. Best-selling author, he talks about the business and organizational leadership principles we all inherently have from his new book, Built to Beat Chaos. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.